Welcome back to Green Rush Live. I'm Josh Kincaid. I'm your host while Jimmy's in the green room ironing t-shirts for giveaways. With us back is Gretchen Gailey, Panoptic Strategies, DC-based cannabis PR firm. And then we've got uh, Bruce Barcott, senior editor at Leafly, and of course, Christopher Smith. We're going to be talking about uh, some bills that are in the um, uh, going to pass either the House or the Senate. There's the SAFE Act and the MORE Act. There's a couple more that you may not have heard of. So Christopher, take it away. Well, there's a lot going on in Washington. And uh, the reason that I wanted to sort of bring these uh, up in this segment is just because it can really be confusing, frankly, with all the acronyms flying around, uh, some acronyms better than others. Um, there are four bills with, uh, with acronyms, with names going on. And I think, in fact, I, I've, I've been thinking that one of them is particularly weak in the acronym space. Uh, and I wonder if that shows really a lack of attention, in fact, uh, by the people that are, are trying to push that forward. So I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, there are four acts that I'd like to uh, uh, just chat through and sort of go through sort of the bullet points, the high level points of um, the MORE Act, M-O-R-E, uh, stands for Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act. Uh, that's uh, put forward by Jerry Nadler in the House, a uh, Democrat. Uh, we have the Safe Banking Act. Safe Banking stands for Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act. We have the HOPE Act. Uh, stands for Harnessing Opportunities by Pursuing Expungement Act. And that's put forward by uh, three Democrats in the House as well. And then uh, on the Senate side, we have Chuck Schumer, Cory Booker, and... Um, Senator Wyden, I'm going to miss his first name first, but his their their unfortunately acronymed um, uh, bill is called the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act, which no one knows how to pronounce. Kawa, 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 something. Um, so I, I'm always curious about this sort of thing, Gretchen, because you're a you, you're a longtime um, sort of Washington insider. When a group uh, when a group or or, a, or an individual bill writer puts forward an act like this or a bill. Um, the effort that goes into naming it and positioning it and describing it and making it relatable, that's a pretty significant effort. And don't you think that that's important and can really be effective? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think we see this in legislation all the time. Um, a good acronym uh, gets a better reported on, frankly. Um, and it's something that rolls off the tongue a lot more easily. And so people want to discuss it. And, you know, you don't feel like such an idiot when you screw up the acronym. So if it's something simple, like uh, Cory Booker put out a, a national medical bill uh, years ago with uh, Senator Gillibrand, and that was the Holmes Act. I mean, they, they, they actually Perfect. took an effort to, you know, come up with a word. Uh, CAOA, I don't know what they were thinking. I think they were maybe stoned. Maybe that's why Chuck Schumer is not getting anything done. Maybe he has finally started consuming. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh -oh. He was a little stoned when he came up with that one. That's all I can think of. It doesn't make any, it doesn't mean it doesn't stand up and, and like when exactly to your point, Safe Banking Act, what could be more obvious? It just rolls right off the tongue. It's so easy to remember. It's so easy to, to you know, to be in favor of it, really, basically, fundamentally, just based on that. I, I think it's well, and, storytelling. And a, good acronym, a good acronym also speaks to what the bill is about. Um, so right there, I mean, safe. Um, a lot of people talk about it giving, you know, financial access to the banks, but a lot of the impetus behind it was that the, this industry has to operate in cash. And that is a very unsafe environment for many of these operators um, and folks. And so that was the hope of coming up with the SAFE Act. Same thing for the HOPE Act. It, it's, to get, it's to give expungement on the state level. So it's to provide hope for the people who receive it. Um, 
so yeah, some thoughts should go into these things a bit more. Yeah, it would really help help grease the skids here. Um, so uh, one thing we have been, you and I have been talking about uh, quite a bit, of course, is the MORE Act that just made it through the House. It's made it through the House for the second time. Um, the Safe Banking Act has made it through the House six times, I believe, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, and yet they run up on the rocks in the Senate every single time. What is going on? Why can't we get why can't we get something through? Well, you might be able to tell which side of the aisle I'm from by my love of Chuck Schumer. Um, but the man refuses to play ball with cannabis unless it's his ball. Um, he is just a big fan of taking his ball and going home. Um, so the CAOA um, is what he wants to see come out first. Um, he has planted his flag. Um, and he's not going to bring other legislation to the floor until that goes through. Um, I think he knows that his legislation is going to go absolutely nowhere. He doesn't have the support for it. He doesn't even have the support uh, from his own party for it. So I think that will allow him then to bring in safe and hope together towards the end of the year during lame duck and get those through. And he will take that as a victory lap uh, since he will be have lost all power when the Republicans take back control of the Senate as well at the end of the year. So this will be his one last ditch effort of we've done something. Some big issues. Um, <laughs> well done. Well done. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the strategy also of, I mean, if you think about these as sort of opposing armies, the Republicans, Democrats, then if if you're going to attack on Thursday, I'm pretty sure you shouldn't tell the other side I'm going to attack on Thursday. And this is what Chuck Schumer has done. I'm going to land my big fat Democratic bill Right out in front, in uh, you know, he's going to try to put it out there on 420 if he can get it done, you know, if he can kind of button it up by then. But he's he's announced when he's going to do it. He's not going to bring it on him. He's not going to surprise anyone. And the text is already out there. I mean, talk about an easy battle to fight. It's amazing. Well, we can. Well, Sorry, I was going to ask if we were going to continue to see political posturing until something like the more or the hope act passes there's been a lot of democratic push to get expungement is that going to be a requirement before we see anything else well i think when i say that they're going to couple together the hope act with safe because hope is offering expungement safe doesn't do that so advocates on that side um and democrats they want to see something done um to help with those who've been hurt by the war on drugs um, and so this is their, their answer to supporting SAFE, um, is if we can put these two together, then we're going to get a little piece of what we want. Uh, Cory Booker famously said last year when they were uh, dropping their legislation, when they were put forward the draft, that he would die on his sword um, until uh, people of color, um, folks disproportionately hurt by the war on drugs, uh, were taken care of. Um, and his bill is just not going to do that. Um, I'm sure he wants to, but as we've seen through a lot of legislation, and I'm not even talking cannabis, when you try pushing through 500, 600, thousand page pieces of legislation, it's very easy for politicians to hide and say, I'm not voting for this tiny little piece of something. And so then the thing doesn't get through. If you're doing it in a much smaller piecemeal approach, you're gonna make these guys stand up and say, yes, I am opposed to expungement uh, for folks with cannabis crimes on the state level. That's what they're gonna have to vote against if they vote against the HOPE Act, because nothing else is attached to it. Same thing when it comes to safe banking. I'm opposed to cannabis being allowed to bank safely. That's what these guys are gonna have to stand up on the floor of the Senate and say. If you land, give them some like the CAOA or the MORE Act, 
all they can say is like, oh, I didn't like this piece. So no, 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 I can't vote for that. And then the whole thing dies. Sure. And safe banking, I mean, just to even as we talked about put, putting things in plain language that people can understand. What safe banking about is it, it, partly about banking regulations, but what it really is about is about the public safety issue of cannabis being the legal cannabis business we say is approximately a $20 billion business, let's say ballpark. Only in cannabis does that mean that this is $20 billion bills going around uh, going around our communities, literally greenbacks, because any other business uses a debit card, uses a credit card, swipes, you know, whatever. The cash is immediately in the digital world, but not in cannabis. And therefore, cannabis businesses are targets for crime, targets for robberies. People are, are being killed and now in Washington state has had many of these issues uh, just recently and it's been happening all over the country. So it's a public safety issue as well. And expungement on the other hand, is a way to is a way to rectify this long legacy of the really the racist enforcement of cannabis against brown and black people uh, disproportionately. So, and expungement yeah. could also help um, to allow these people to enter the industry uh, right. because so many states have put forward their regs that say if you have some type of conviction against you, then you can't participate. Uh, which is ridiculous because they're you're you're keeping out a lot of legacy operators and people who actually know what they're doing when it comes to cannabis um, because they have these convictions on their records. So expungement would allow a lot greater uh, expertise to enter the space, which I think in some states it sorely needs. And the quality, right? The, the the quality of product, the quality of, of of everything we do would would rise. All boats would rise. Absolutely right, Christian. Yes. Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing one of the effects, sadly, of um, sort of geographic distance out here on the West Coast because safe banking in the last year has become. I think we talked about safe banking for many years in terms of it being an inconvenience for the people at the top of the industry, um, the, the folks with money, um, you know, the multi-state operators, this sort of thing. It is not that anymore. It really has become a ground level issue. Um, Cory Booker may wanna die on a sword, but we have bud tenders who are literally being murdered um, out here. Uh, it started in California two years ago. It hit, it worked its way up to Oregon last year. Yep. It's hitting Washington and particularly Seattle and the Puget Sound area right now. We've had 70 armed robberies in the last two months. Those aren't burglaries. Those aren't people breaking in with a crowbar. Those are, those are gang, you know, three teams coming in with weapons, holding people at gunpoint. Um, you know, we have employees quitting their jobs because of this, frankly, they are, they are leaving rather than suffer the stress and the fear of undergoing this. Uh, so, but I think that's, that message is not getting back to the East coast. I think, uh, it will, I think this, frankly, this horrific form of robbery is going to travel and it's going to start hitting Massachusetts and it will hit New Jersey. Once those stores open. Um, as, as one of our writers said, if you can't access banking services, you become a bank. And that's what's in the back room of every one of these stores is a bank. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. There's no, the, the only other place in America where there's that much cash is a bank. And then you walk into a bank and there's two inches thick of glass and everything is uh, uh, alarmed and buzzered and cameras in every single light fixture. And you know how how dialed in those places are. Now, dispensaries uh, have all the security as well, but they don't have the glass and they don't have 
And banks have the FBI coming after you. Yeah, they have armed response and they have a full, see, yeah. the full weight of the government, right? Yeah, you ever see the town, the Charlestown movie? Yeah. Like John Hamm's FBI team is not coming after you if you rob a dispensary. No, not at no. all. I could give a shit. Let me play devil's advocate for a second. And uh, there's an article that was written that says cannabis isn't the only cash only business or business that gets robbed in general. You see robberies at liquor stores, you see robberies at banks, um, you know, even though it's, they don't have a lot on hand. I got robbed uh, when I was a bank manager on 420. As a matter of fact, that was interesting. But I'm curious about the the impact, though. Let's let's take a step back and say uh, that the Moore Act does make it through. It only paves the way for inter- interstate commerce. So, what's going to be the most impactful bill that that's out there in terms of banking and interstate commerce uh, and and the impacts of the industry as a whole of these four bills? What is you guys' opinions about one that's going to have the most impact for the industry as a whole? Well, I think. Frankly, any piece of legislation that were to deschedule cannabis uh, is going to have the greatest financial impact for this industry. That gets rid of 280E. That helps with the problems with the IRS. That helps with interstate commerce. I mean, any any bill that takes that on, whether it's CAOA or more, mm-hmm. uh, Nancy Mace's bill out of South Carolina, uh, she has proposed a, a, a national bill. Um, so is David Joyce out of Ohio. Um, any bill that really looks at descheduling is what's going to help us financially. If you look at, say, safe versus more, um, of course, more is the one that deschedules. Safe does not do that. Um, the one argument that I hate that good old Chuck Schumer uh, loves to always bring forward is that he's keeping the big boys out by not allowing safe banking. Um, the big boys are in. The big boys know how to get around this. They have the capital. The big boys aren't hurting and aren't desperate for safe banking to pass. The 60,000 BIPOC uh, businesses in this uh, industry that don't have access to loans and to are having to deal with predatory lenders and awful people to try and finance and get the capital they need to stay in business. They're the ones who are hurting from this, not the big boys. So that argument, that always drives me nuts. So I, we're keeping the big boys out. Big boys are coming. So you need to put on your big girl panties and deal with it because shit's going to go happen. Bruce? I think you're right. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I think that 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 argument that other other types of stores uh, also get robbed. It's true, but the key here is cannabis stores do not have the option. I mean, I live in Seattle, and I tell you, over the last you know two years of the pandemic, so many places that I patronize as a customer are credit card only. They're no cash at all. I mean, that started with the pandemic, um, but it really has taken over. And if a, if a cannabis store wanted to go um, cashless, they could if, you know, if, if, if cannabis was descheduled, if federal prohibition falls. Um, they simply do not have that option at this point. Well, I think I'm going to bring up a... I'm go sorry, ahead, I just want to agree with Bruce real quickly um, that... I think it's an asinine argument that, oh, other people die. So shoot, we shouldn't let these people try and get an ounce of safety. It's ridiculous. That's the dumbest argument I've ever heard. Sure. And now, and now, as we know, we have 430,000 employees, uh, you know, cannabis workers around the country. Now, you know, we are a significant population. I, I often wonder too about, uh, we, we talk about the, uh, the, the federal government legalizing, the federal government regulating the market. 
And I often want to ask the very simple question is, do we want the federal government involved in us in our industry at all? No, I think they can only make a mess. Let it go. Let states, I let, let's just, you know, it go the prohibition model. Let the federal government just simply remove itself from the situation and let 50 states handle it in 50 different ways. We'll have strange laws like Utah had with its alcohol, right? We'll okay. have, uh, you know, yeah. I think that as much as, you know, I'm not a fan of the feds, I think we do need them when it's going to come to consumer safety, when it comes to really looking at pesticides and levels and what's appropriate for, you know, different products. Um, yeah, I think the FDA is going to have to be involved. I don't want them involved. I would love to see someone else step up and really take this on because I don't think the FDA wants the job either. Um, but someone is going to have to come up with federal standards uh, for all these states to meet, at least. Um, but to Bruce's point, sure, you know, let's buy, not buy beer on Sundays in Pennsylvania. That was my, you know, whole childhood. <laughs> Going to the beer mart, the liquor store. I mean, it's all just crazy, which I always thought was hilarious because we have drive-through beer marts, but oh no, no, you know, can't buy it on Sunday. But let's all just pick it up in your car and tug it. <laughs> that's that's the Lord's that's the Lord's day. We want to buy double on Saturday. Right. I think but what about you know? I thought there was that that article that you brought uh, just the other day, might have been yesterday, Gretchen, about the uh, agriculture department taking over mm -hmm. instead of FDA. What do you think about that? <laughs> that, well, that's a pipe dream by folks that, you okay. know, this is all going to fall under the farm bill someday. Bless their hearts. That's a sweet idea. Um, but yes, I can see the argument of, of cannabis being treated like any other crop as it should be. It's a plant. It's going to be a commodity just like corn. Um, so it needs to be looked at in that way. Uh, but just like any other product, you know, that's made of corn, it has to, you know, meet the standards of the FDA and stuff. It's going to go on your on store shelves and, you know, actually not kill you. Yeah, I mean, I think in that way, I think I love what you said. I think in that way, uh, cannabis is a lot like peanuts, right? Where it's it's a food item, uh, and it's got a a uh, risk factor to some people. Peanuts do, right? So I mean, cannabis has risk factors uh, of some types, you know, uh, psychoactivity, etc. Um, it's not really that hard to conceive of how to actually, uh, how to, how to regulate this. I mean, I've been reading through Schumer's bill and I'm just thinking, boy, there's a lot of extra layers. They want to add an extra layer in the, um, uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. They want to add, add an extra layer in the health department. They want to add an extra layer. And that's why Schumer wants to charge up to 25% more tax on top of what we're already getting charged. I mean, it's. I don't think insanity. when it comes to federal regulations that you can separate adults use and medicinal. I don't think there should be separate rules. I don't even think there should really be separate rules for hemp. Um, it's all the same plant. It needs to be regulated in the same ways. We need to put it back together in a, in a different way that it, got, it it really got sort of disassembled in the whole prohibition reefer madness mythology, you know, that cannabis and hemp are totally different. They're the, exactly the same plant, actually. One, it's like just two varieties of the same plant. One, one has high THC, one doesn't. There's also a really tall one that's good for fiber. There's a really short one that's good for grain. There's, you know, these are just different varieties of exactly the same plant. We got to put it back in put all that stuff back in the bottle somehow.
I well, prefer to do it without government, though. If we can remove as many government officials as we can, put them in a committee somewhere and leave them in that room to talk all they want while we have an SRO, just like the banking industry that has a self-regulatory organization where we make the laws and then they give those to government officials. I'd rather leave the government out of it, FDA or otherwise, and then just let that committee have their own discussion whenever they want. Uh, but that's that's my opinion. Little government I mean, is possible. Honestly, it would be great if we could do that, but I think it's impossible to bring this industry together. They can't even decide on, you know, one way to legalize federally. Um, yep. If we were, problem. as my friends call out and humble, beyond compliant, you know, if we were actually willing to live by those standards and everyone signed on to something to saying, yes, we're going to do this. If the testing labs did not lie about the levels of THC that they're putting out or you know, people go into the best lab for the highest bidder. If you could actually rely on the folks who are trying to set standards in this industry, then we can move forward and do something. I mean, that's what Nutraceuticals did. Nutraceuticals said, here's what we wanna do. And the government was like, all right, cool. We, we don't need to make up these rules. You've done it for me, perfect. But we can't get out of our own way to actually pull that off. That's a great point, great point. Well, I think with that, Got another commercial break coming up, I believe. Just on time, so, Josh. Yeah, I want to thank uh, Gretchen Gailey, Panoptic Strategies. That's a DC-based cannabis PR firm. And then, of course, there's Bruce Barcott. He's the senior editor at Leafly. I want to thank you guys again for uh, being on this segment, talking all about bills in the House and the Senate, things that might happen, might not. We'll see. All right. <laughs> Don't miss this next uh, segment coming up. We're going to be talking uh, with some good guests about um, uh, the last prisoner project. You don't want to miss that coming up. Pro Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at Pro Cannabis Media, on Instagram at Pro Cannabis Media, on LinkedIn, also at Pro Cannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on Pro Cannabis Media, Twitter at Pro Media, and on twitch.tv backslash Pro Cannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network. Network.